Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable mothers and women from the Arab world to inspire, engage, and drive growth. In Unlimited Perspective Series, we welcome inspiring women and mothers who embrace life with innovative perspectives and whose missions and achievements are making a mark. For this new episode of our Unlimited Perspective Series, we are excited to host Samara Sharafa, an entrepreneur and mother of three with a passion for social impact, diversity and inclusion, gender equality, policy reform, education and knowledge development. Samara is the co-founder and CEO of She's Arab, the first dedicated online platform for Arab women with the aim to address their underrepresentation in business leadership and public speaking roles. Prior to starting a business, Samara spent over 15 years working in the field of international development and management consulting with organizations such as IFC, World Bank Group, the European Commission's Industrial Modernization Program for Egypt, the Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum Foundation, and EFE, Education for Employment. These diverse projects have brought her to travel across the whole MENA region, and the learnings and challenges experienced helped to pave the way to Samar's social entrepreneurship journey. So let's join Samar and let's find out more about the powerful network she's building with She's Arab to help reversing stereotypes about Arab women and advancing gender equality using the power of digital communication. Hi, Samar, and welcome to Unlimited. Hi, Daniela. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So you like to say that entrepreneurial spirit is in your DNA. Well, let's start from it, your DNA. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, um, actually, I come from a Palestinian family of entrepreneurs. So, and that's why I say it's in my DNA. I believe it's the spirit is hereditary, I reckon. Um, as a little girl, my father was in the um, fashion uh, apparel retail industry and uh, served multiple customer segments. So I essentially grew up Uh, in this environment, you know, practicing sales, warehousing, packaging, you name it. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, this is uh, how it all began. Um, when I graduated, of course, I was given the choice to immediately join the family business. Uh, but I personally chose to pursue a different path. And I managed to convince my father <laughs> to approve. So... I was the first female in my generation to steer away from just being part of the family business and actually get a job as an employee. Um, so after I started my first job in tech, uh, which was really the first job that had come my way at the time. And I was like, you know, I literally, I, I remember clearly that I graduated on the 17th of June And on the 19th of June, I started my job. So I literally took the first job that came my way. And, uh, but then I realized that my passion was in the field of international development and ended up continuing my career in that domain. Congratulations. We heard in the intro how you then joined various organizations at the international level. At what point did you decide to unleash your entrepreneurial spirit? Uh, yes, well... Uh, I mean, that took time. That's, that's after like a journey of uh, several jobs in, uh, you know, in international development organizations. I worked with the IFC. I worked with the European Commission funded program in Egypt. 
I, um, I mean, these jobs obviously took me to uh, multiple countries across the region where I learned so much more about uh, the amazing and diverse region that we have, and also so much more about the women of the region. Uh, I also worked with a foundation uh, in the UAE, the Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum Foundation. Um, I worked with education for employment, so I was exposed to multiple aspects, uh, you know, of uh, economic and societal challenges. And and I guess my experiences as a woman and as a mother, because I did decide to be a stay-at-home mother for some time as well during my career, uh, has led me to where I am today with She is Arab. Absolutely. So tell us about She is Arab, why you launched it, and what is your mission? I would like to honestly contribute to, the, to changing the way Arab women are portrayed, whether in the West or even in the Arab world. So, um, and, I, and I think, you know, currently Arab women are perceived as though uh, their capabilities are limited or they must be conservative or perhaps fully covered or not well-traveled or even docile. Um, this narrative must change. And obviously this is not a generalization as it depends on, you know, the other party, what, who is actually, uh, uh, you know, saying that about Arab women. So it really depends about that person's upbringing or exposure or so on. But I really believe that media outlets in the West have helped perpetuate this image whether through movies or TV shows or even uh, newspaper articles. And, and it's not true, you know? Women have played a very important roles in this region's history, uh, whether economically or socially, um, but the role has simply been somehow overlooked over the years. Samar, when we first met, I remember you saying, and I still have the notes with me, you felt the need to change the narrative about Arab women. I really believe we need to change the prevalent narratives about Arab women and men should be an integral part of this conversation. We have amazing and unique success stories of women from the region. So it's not that the success stories are few. There's actually no shortage of talent in the region. And this is what we're trying to show uh, through She's Arab. Uh, they're not few and far between. They are many. And, um, and really women can do anything if they put their mind to it. Uh, so we will use role models and success stories from the region to demonstrate that firsthand. Why don't we take this as an opportunity to emphasize the aspect of the Arab culture that you're proud of? Back to the narrative about Arab women, what are the elements that you would like to preserve or even enhance? Um, to be honest, I believe that as Arab women, we should be proud. We should be proud of our culture. We should be proud of our heritage. Um, we, if you are part of a, a conservative family, you should be proud of your upbringing. You know, sometimes we feel uncomfortable to expose uh, such issues thinking that it might be a vulnerability or it might affect us on the job. Or And, and I really think that we should just bring our whole selves to work wherever we are, you know. Uh, I'm, 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 for one, very proud of my culture, my heritage, and I think this is definitely an aspect that we should preserve. Absolutely. Very well said. And it actually applies to every culture. 
Now, what has been the reaction from local and international players since you launched uh, She's Arab? Uh, to be honest, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive, and uh, for that, I'm very grateful. Um, I can't, I can't complain. Uh, you know, it has been very well received, whether by local or international players. Um, we've been, uh, I mean, it goes both ways. We've been approached and we have been approaching organizations and uh, the feedback has been positive. I believe it's been cited as being timely and necessary, the work that we do. That's wonderful, Samar. But for the ones who are not yet familiar with She's Arab, can you give us a bit an overview about it from its structure to its main activities, please? Sure. So um, She's Arab is... is um, working to address the underrepresentation of uh, women in uh, business leadership and at speaking events. So uh, we focus mainly on uh, this public speaking, so a speaker bureau service, which is dedicated solely to Arab women. Uh, we provide professional development services uh, through a vetted network of trainers. Uh, we provide advisory services, and that is the B2B function. And in the process, we are building a network of both Arab and non-Arab women to really contribute to changing the narrative about uh, women of this region. Wonderful. So for anyone listening today who would love to join She's Arab, what advice do you have? How can they connect with you? Um, well, they, I would invite them to visit uh, sheisarab.com. Uh, to learn more. Uh, everything is listed there. They can jo join either as a speaker or as a network member to benefit from being part of a growing uh, community. You're about to approach uh, She's Arab first anniversary and you mentioned uh, the overwhelming feedback that you received, which is great, but I'm sure that it hasn't been a smooth sailing all along. What have been the major challenges that you faced since the launch? Of course. Um, but the biggest challenge, I would say, is that the expectations are high um, and we were definitely slowed down by uh, COVID-19, which is a major challenge for us, uh, affecting the events industry negatively and obviously influencing our growth plans for this phase. Um, another major challenge I would cite is, you know, motherhood and schooling uh, as a as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a mother, um, that is another major challenge that rose to the surface during this pandemic. But I must say it's also a catch-22 there because it also opened the door to more flexibility for other women. So uh, I would say that was a major, uh, another major challenge for me, working from home while schooling my children. Oh dear, I believe that we can all relate very closely to this, although I can complain because I only have two girls while you have three boys, so hat on to you. Now, as you mentioned, having to juggle in between work and motherhood, it brings me to women empowerment, right? A very hot topic. How do you feel that the global movement has facilitated your cause and what are instead the key challenges that are specific to the Arab region? Mm. That is a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I mean, there's so much going on all around the world. Like you see initiatives that are led by, you know, Melinda Gates or McKinsey Scott or, you know, multiple initiatives, whether uh, advocacy initiatives, whether, you know, data collection, stuff that 
didn't exist before, right? Um, but for the Arab region also, countries across MENA are actually taking great strides towards achieving you know, gender equality. Um, in the UAE, for example, where our head office is based, several developments have taken place. Um, you know, for example, they, there's the approval of a law that guarantees equal pay for men and women, uh, that Emirati women must occupy 50% of the um, Federal National Council's uh, seats, 27% um, of women in cabinet uh, currently, and that was even before uh, the new COVID-19 uh, cabinet, so it's been on for a while. Uh, actually, just a couple of days ago, I don't know if you saw that in the, in the newspapers as well, but um, the Dubai uh, Women Establishment has teamed up with the Supreme Legislation Committee of Dubai, and they created what's called the Women's Specific Legislations Lab. Um, so this partnership sets out to uh, address uh, female participation in, in, in the UAE public life and uh, look at issues like, you know, uh, safety laws, uh, laws related to women's contribution to the economy and so on. So um, there are some great achievements. The UAE in particular ranks first regionally on achieving SDG 5. Um, similarly, in, in Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, women's rights reforms have been on the rise uh, for the past few years. Um, women gained the right to drive. They, um, there's a family affairs council was created, which has you know, very positively influenced um, uh, issues related to uh, uh, women. Uh, multiple legislative changes took place. Uh, uh, women could actually vote for the first time as well in municipal elections. So, and, and, and of course, you also heard recently the first director general in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs was hired, a female. Uh, besides, of course, uh, Her Highness Princess Rima was uh, assigned as first female ambassador to Saudi Arabia, uh, of Saudi Arabia to the U.S. Uh, last year. So, so multiple developments. I mean, Saudi is also hosting the G20, which includes W20. Um, I, I mean, I could I could go on with additional examples from the region. Uh, Egypt is there's, there's also some great developments happening there. Uh, with the appointment of, you know, eight ministers, so 24% of their cabinet is uh, is female. Um, major strategy announcements were made as part of Vision 2030 for Egypt. Um, they have an amazing role that the National Council for Women is playing there uh, under the leadership of uh, Dr. Maya Morsi. Um, very, also recently, actually, just last month, they announced a partnership with the IFC, uh, with the Minister of International Cooperation uh, to deliver a three-year uh, program that will help create family-friendly and flexible workplaces for women. Uh, so that will definitely help, you know, Egyptian businesses become more resilient and inclusive. So with this great momentum in the region, um, led by the governments of the region in advancing uh, leadership and participation of women in public life and in the economy, uh, I'm certain that this will yield great results in the future. They, the time is now and, you know, there's a number of initiatives in the region and abroad 
Um, there's also Her Highness Sheikh Hasham Al Nahyan and Diana Wilde's uh, Aurora 50 initiative. There's NOSF in Saudi Arabia. So um, lots going on. Uh, but you also asked me about challenges. So um, when it comes to challenges, I think the challenges that are specific to our region, uh, I would personally say they are mainly cultural and social challenges. So, um, and they influence choices that women make in uh, their careers and in their lives. Um, there's obviously there are other challenges. Um, you know, governments have different priorities. Uh, some have put women empowerment and inclusion as a top priority, but others may not have done that. Um, but again, we need to highlight that this region is huge and, and quite diverse. And we're talking about so many countries with complex histories and, and ongoing um, internal unrest in a few of them. Um, so, so there are several challenges there. Uh, I'm also conscious of challenges that I might face as a as a female entrepreneur, like for example, access to finance. Um, when I start looking for investments to grow the business, um, but I can't say that you know there's um, any specific gender-related challenges that I'm currently facing, for example, in the region. Speaking about gender-related challenges, if we were to position women empowerment and another controversial label, feminism. How would you say that they're related? And what is the connection and the borderline between the two? So the way I see it is that there are um, terminologies or words that we use um, that are either viewed as being trendy or in the moment or sometimes viewed as taboo or inaccurate. So I could use the, the word um, women empowerment and someone would tell me, I don't need you to empower me, right? So although this term may still be relevant or uh, it would apply to many underprivileged women out there, but you know, some would prefer using enablement or you know, just replace it with other terms. So I don't accept the fact that people are put in boxes. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, the word feminism comes with the dogma or rather the stigma of being anti-men, but we need men in this conversation. And, and you know, in, in our region in specific, uh, feminists are mainly perceived as being, you know, unhappy women, you know, it's simple. So, but frankly, any girl, any woman or any man even who looks out for and proactively works towards one aspect or another, whether to raise awareness about equality issues, whether drive diversity and inclusion or, or generally contribute to achieving gender equality, you know, economically, socially, or other, it is by default a feminist in my books. So it, it's not wrong to be a feminist, right? So, and in my case, I guess I was a feminist all my life as I, you know, I, I fought to build trust in my father, get privileges that only my brothers were entitled to. So yeah, it's not wrong to be a feminist. As much as I don't like the word feminist personally, but would you say that a feminist could be an advocate of women empowerment? 
Absolutely, yes. Uh, a feminist could be an advocate to women empowerment. Very, very, I would say this is a very well, uh, well said uh, way of putting it, you know. Um, yeah, they're definitely positively correlated and uh, they, uh, they are used interchangeably in different situations. Uh, you know, women empowerment. When you when you look at the details of it, it's really tr about giving women the tools, or giving them the freedom, or giving them so a lot of of um, a lot of words can go under women empowerment. That's why I said, you know, I don't like to box words or or use terms that are too popular or in the moment or so on to describe what we're doing. You know. Um, as you know, when it comes to our work at She's Arab, our focus is really on economic empowerment, you know, um, and it really is a focus on underrepresentation, as I mentioned. So it's a call to action. What are your main sources of inspiration behind this call to action? Have you had any role models, whether as a, as a young girl or nowadays, that inspired you in this um, in this mission? So growing up. I mean, like any uh, girl, I guess, my biggest role models at the time, you know, were my mother and grandmother, to be honest, women in my family, really. Um, my mother worked with my uh, father in our family business and uh, always pushed me to grow beyond my comfort zone. She was my biggest supporters in, in all my now labeled um, feminist arguments with my dad. Um, so... That's my mother. When it comes to my grandmother, uh, my now late grandmother, God bless her soul, um, she carried my dad as a baby in, in 1948 and left her home in Palestine and eventually settled down in a new country, but managed to keep our family together and, and really contributed to growing our family business. She had so much wisdom. She was a true leader and she was extremely inspirational. I really looked up to her uh, and I believe she had leadership traits that were lacking even in the men of my family at the time. So growing up, I believe I was fortunate to have these two women as role models around me. But today, um, my role models are everywhere. Uh, there are all these amazing women getting things done out there. I'm, I'm inspired every day. I think there are fantastic role models out there and uh, they deserve some light to be shed on them. They deserve their stories to be told. Which brings us back to the main purpose of She's Arab, right? So to offer a speaker's pod to all these inspiring women and, and allowing them to tell their story. Absolutely. It's all about, you know, storytelling, sharing experiences and, and learnings. And, and this is what makes a difference. And, and I mean, obviously, um, Similarly, on that front, you know, you can talk about mentorship, you can talk about training, and these are all opportunities that we hope to avail to these women as well, because we must learn from, from each other. We must share our learnings. This is, you know, a way of giving back. And I think, I mean, I've, every woman I've met who has, you know, been successful, and I speak mainly of the mid-senior level professionals or the C-suite executives, perhaps not the entry level because they're still, you know, at the beginning in their learning phase, but everybody's interested in giving back, you know, whether to mentor, whether to help 
uh, with some guidance, whether to share, you know, to train on a topic of interest or expertise. So um, it's, it's time to give back. And there are a lot of women involved in our network right now um, who are just, you know, they literally told me, Samar, I would like to dedicate some time um, every month to mentor a couple of ladies. And, you know, we're looking at those who've had previous public speaking uh, experiences to share their learnings. But not only that, uh, you know, our, our, the survey we conducted when we were starting She's Arab, you know, revealed that women are shy. Um, they're, some of them are uncomfortable uh, talking to the media. Uh, some of them uh, lack, you know, uh, self-confidence or executive presence. You know, they're... They're not comfortable being in a room, for example, in a boardroom surrounded by so many men. So different requirements uh, to you know, women at different stages of their careers, really. And uh, we're hoping to address those. And what is your ultimate goal? Where and when would you feel that you accomplished your mission? Well, I mean, my ultimate goal at the moment with She's Arab is, is to dispel these stereotypes about Arab women worldwide and to succeed in helping more women take that growth or next promotion step in their career and get to the C-suite, speak at that event of their dreams and, and really show the world what we're all about, right? Um, but when I will feel that I've accomplished my mission, I think just like any other women, woman dreams, when I walk into an event and see half the speakers are women, uh, there are gender equal panels, when the percentage of women in in the C-suite, um, you know, crosses the current thirty um, percent uh, target mark. It's even it's a mark, as they say, it's a floor, not a ceiling, as the thirty percent club puts it. But again, uh, lots of aspirations. But I truly believe that I've somehow started achieving my mission. You know, by creating this platform, by continuing to to evolve and, and, and build it along the way. And uh, I will continue to have a moving target by helping more and more women uh, every day. So I have a long way to go and I hope it will be a fun ride. <laughs> I'm sure it is, 100%. Now we're getting close to wrapping up. So tell me, what is your message for all the women out there? And actually for all our listeners, regardless of age, gender and cultural heritage or background, what is your message? Um, my message is you can do anything. So don't ever doubt yourself and don't miss out on any public speaking opportunities like I did throughout my career because we need your voice out there. That would be my message. Now the same question, but to the Samar mother of three boys, what is the message that you have for your children and what are the values that you wish to pass on to them? But I would say that there are a number of values that you know, I would wish to share with my children or, you know, contribute perhaps in shaping their personalities in that way to, to have respect, to have pride, to be ambitious. You know, there's no limit to what they can do, to have courage and resilience, to make mistakes, get up and try again. And you know, um, I, I want them to grow with a positive growth mindset and know that anything is possible, to be curious about the world. I, I cannot say that I wasn't given that because, you know, I, I was given um, the chance to uh, 
you know, grow up surrounded by love and respect and with ambition. And, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm where I am today, right? Um, it may have taken me longer on my journey, perhaps. Uh, perhaps I hope their journey will be, you know, an, an easy one and a, and a happy one and a, a forward-looking one. You just mentioned some key words and concepts that are very, very dear to us and which bring me to what I like to call our paramount question. What does unlimited mean to you? No, uh, to be honest, uh, kudos for choosing such a name for a great initiative. Uh, I would say unlimited is the way my mind is wired at the moment. Um, Unlimited possibilities to change, to grow my business, to meet people, to learn and grow um, on a personal level and on a professional level, to share the love. You know, nothing is static and nothing is a status quo. Everything around me is unlimited, I believe. <laughs> Thank you so much, Samar, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure having you with us at Unlimited. I truly admire what you're doing and I wish you all the best. I actually can't wait to hear the new announcement uh, related to She's Arab New Direction. So best of luck and thank you again. Thank you so much for this uh, great opportunity. It was a real uh, pleasure chatting with you and uh, all the best with Unlimited. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter and help us building a truly unlimited community. Thank you.